0: we've been in a series called finding joy and we 're going to continue it tonight and we're we're going to continue it um, in hopes that that you and I can find that kind of lasting joy that 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 lasts beyond the holidays that lasts for our whole life long the ultimate joy the christmas joy and and to do that we 're going to look at the original Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. You could follow along in your Bibles. You could follow along on the Bethany app. You could follow along in the worksheets or on the screens. Um, We're going to pick it up in verse 8. Here we go. And in the same region, region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That's what I'm talking about. That's the joy we're talking about. That's the ultimate joy. Good news of great ultimate joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day In the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Who's that? It's all those who, who believe, who believe. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said, get this, to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see and experience this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And, and when they saw it, they may known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherd told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. See, they they got the joy. They, They got it. They got it. Glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. So there are Three steps in this passage to finding the ultimate Christmas joy that doesn't expire at the end of the season. Okay, so we're going to quickly look at those three steps. We're going to take them, okay. Step number one, you got to realize that you are not disqualified from receiving the joy of Jesus. A lot of people came in here feeling disqualified from God's best. And, and I got to tell you that you are not You are not. Uh, You see, because while Jesus is the God baby in the manger, he is also the eternal, all-powerful, all-knowing God who planned this out from the very beginning. From the very beginning. And he was born where? In a manger. Jesus was born in a manger, a combination of a, a compost heap and a litter box. Like, really? Which means... He will enter into the hot mess of our lives too. Jesus wasn't just born in in a feeding trough where, where animals gather and do what animals do. He was born there to say He will be born into your circumstance. No matter how unqualified you feel for God's best. There's another reason that I know that you're not disqualified from God's best for you. And that is, He chose to appear, uh, to have the angels announce His birth to shepherds, to shepherds. And if you and I know anything about first century shepherds, they were the lowest of the low. Shepherding is not something you would go to major in, right? It is not an entry level job. It is for people that could not qualify for the entry level job, right? Nobody wanted a, a, a shepherd, right? Their best friend is an animal because people didn't want them, right? So, so maybe that's where you're at. And I just got to point out, that's one of the big differences between Santa Claus and Jesus. Like, like Santa Claus comes for the people on the nice list. Jesus is all about the people who know they're on the naughty list, right? That's me, that's you, and, and that's shepherds. So maybe you're here and you're feeling alone. And maybe you're here and you're feeling less than. Or maybe you're feeling like, like, like a failure. Or maybe you're in a dead-end job. Or a dead-end relationship. Or a dead-end situation. Or you've been made to feel less. And you're losing hope. Maybe you feel like you're in a cycle where you're wasting your life. And I can tell you that because Jesus wants shepherds, Jesus wants dumpster fires like me, Jesus wants you no matter where you are. You are not disqualified from God's best and God's joy that he wants to give you. So it's not anything that you've done or felt or anything that's been done to you that makes you disqualified for the joy of Christmas. It's because of what you've done and felt and what's been done to you that Jesus knows you need his joy and his love is calling to you, calling to me right now, just as it did to the shepherds. That's step one. Say to yourself, I am not disqualified. I am not disqualified from the joy Of Christmas okay step two then we're ready for step two you got to acknowledge that you can't do it yourself you need a rescuer like we all get stuck here no matter what your situation is we all get stuck here we have to say with this lady help I have fallen and I can't get up right I want you to say that with me help I've fallen, and I can't get up. I think she's faking it. Why? Because her clothes and her makeup and her hair are perfect. She doesn't look like she just ate it. But we do. We can't fake it. We have to know. Take that down. It's distracting. Thank you. We have to know I have fallen, and I can't. Get up. It doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your situation is. We We can't do it alone. We can't fix us. If you could find ultimate joy on your own, wouldn't you have already done it? You can't. I can't. None of us can. Only Jesus can be that for us. And this is where our culture gets us so tripped up. Because here's where our culture is. It would like us to believe the very powerful and nice sounding lie. And here it is. We have everything we need to work together and erase the darkness of this world. We can fix this if we try hard enough. I am not saying that we should not work together. I am not saying that we shouldn't alleviate poverty and darkness and hurt. What I am saying is that, is not enough. That is not enough. If we could, we would, but we can't, so we don't. And so we place our trust in a government. We place our trust in a market, in innovation, in business, in technology, in entrepreneurship. We're going to find the answer. Well, the problems keep creating themselves. And even hardworking, deeply moral people have to come face to face with this, that seeking the good life doesn't result in goodness or life. That's what it is. It says, if, you know, we're, we're seeking the good life, then where's all the goodness? And where's all the life? Well, we have to stop looking for an answer outside, inside ourselves, right? Inside ourselves, that we're going to rise up and we're going to come together and all of us together without God right? We're going to do this. What we need is something from outside of ourselves. We need Jesus who came. That's why he came to give us life, to give us hope, to give us a way where there was no way. And that's why when we can admit that we can't fix ourselves, we need a rescuer, that this becomes the greatest news that was ever spoken. For unto you, Unto me, unto you, is born this day a savior, a rescuer for people who have fallen and can't get up. Who is Christ the Lord? Who is Christ the Lord? He and he alone raises up people who've fallen and can't get up. And that's that's the truth. Of the gospel that this day. To you personally. Has been born for you a savior. A rescuer. For those who will admit. I can't fix me. Why would we think we can fix ourselves? Like we can't fix us. We can't fix the internet in Gunnison. We can't fix the problems of the world. We can't fix us. So Jesus came. And he came to rescue us. He came to give his life to pay for our sins, past, present, future. He came to sacrifice himself to forgive us for all the broken ways that we try to find joy. He he came to give us that joy when we would come to him and say, we can't find it apart from you. You're the author and inventor and fountain of all joy. And only in you can we find that joy, that life. You've come to erase the relational distance between us and God, no matter how deep that might be. For all the people who know that they've fallen and they can't get up. So I'm going to ask you in the silence of your heart right now, Just pray this prayer. Jesus, I can't fix me. I need you to save and rescue me. Jesus, Tom, can't fix himself. I need you to save and rescue me. Will you pray that for yourself? Because if you know you're not disqualified and you're willing to pray this, then we're ready for the final step. The final step is you have to take the final step of welcoming Jesus personally. The shepherds, get it, like they heard the message from the angels and they could have just stop there. They, they heard the message just like you and I did like a couple of minutes ago. They heard it. They had all the facts. They could have just stopped there. They, they met the angels. They heard the angels. They had a story to tell. They took selfies with the angels, right? Right, they could have stopped and that's where most of us stop. Like we hear it, We certainly take a lot of selfies, but we stop right there in hearing. But hearing is not enough. The the shepherds knew they couldn't just settle for knowing about Jesus. You and I must be like them and take the final step and see and experience him for ourselves. Here's what the shepherds said. Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing. Right? We got to experience Jesus for ourselves. We have to welcome him ourselves. We have to experience him that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. That's what they said. Let's go. We have to welcome Jesus personally. That's the that's the final step. And Jesus wants, wants us to welcome him. In fact, here's what he says: he says, Look, I stand at the door, that's the door of your heart, right? And I'm knocking. And if you hear my voice, and some of you have, some of you have, you know, it's not Tom talking, God is talking to you. And you know it. If you hear my voice and you open the door, that's the final step. You opening the door, I will come in. I will come in. That is the most important thing we can do. Jesus is knocking. He's on the other side of the door of your heart right now, tonight, in this place, no matter what your circumstances are. And you are the only one who can open that door. Here's the question. Will you open the door? He'll make good on his promise to come in. If you'll take that final step and welcome him personally, not just know about him, but welcome him personally. A husband and wife had been um, growing apart for seven years, and there wasn't any infidelity. Um, there was just distance, right? And, and she took it until she couldn't take it anymore. And so one night while her husband slept, she quietly got up and took an Uber to the airport and left. And she left him uh, a note that said this, I need to leave to put some space between us, I need to clear my head and see if we need to be together anymore. Please respect this and give me time to sort this out. Well, the husband was, was heartbroken. He loved his wife, and, and he wanted to go after her, but he, he also wanted to respect where she was and, and, and give her the space and the time. So, so he was torn, and so a day passes, and that turns into a week, which turns into a month and nothing. Nothing and finally, he couldn't take it anymore. Uh, he figured he went she went to her sister's, which is about five states away and and so what he did was he started calling her, and she wouldn't answer, but he could leave messages he could leave messages about how much he loved her, and she wouldn't pick up, but maybe she would listen nothing and he started to text the prayers that he would say for her each day. He would email. He would send letters. When her birthday came around in March, he sent presents to her sister's house. Nothing. When their anniversary came in October, their 8th anniversary, he sent a dozen roses, although he wasn't a man of means. Nothing. And Christmas was approaching because it was December. And his heart was like outside his chest. missed her so much. And he would have flown if he had the money, but he didn't, so he hopped in his truck, and he drove the 18 hours only stopping for gas and coffee. And he reached her sister's house at about 6.15 in the evening. And the walk to the door was one of the hardest he'd ever made because he knew that that decision was either the beginning Of a new beginning or an end. And he knocked. He knocked. And after a long minute. The doorknob turned. And the door opened. And it was his wife. And she looked more beautiful to him. Than she had ever looked. And he said sweetie. I love you more than you know. And I believe today, as I always have, that you and I are made for each other. Whatever the distance, let's cross it. I want to cross it with you. Will you come home? And with that, she fell into his arms in the hug that he had waited almost a year for. And after that was done, she stood up and said, I love you too and I'm coming home. Can you just wait? I'll go get my bags. They're already packed. He was walking on air as they throw her her bags in the truck, and they drive away holding hands, and he says, sweetie, i got to ask. He says, I'm so grateful. Look, I, I am beyond over the moon excited that you're coming home and that we're starting again. But all of those months with, with the messages and, and the text and the letters and, and the presents and the flowers, did you get them? Did you, why, why are you coming home now? I'm so glad that you are. And she said, because this time you came for me. And that's how I knew you loved me. This time you came for me. And before you and I like come down on the wife, that is exactly where some of us are tonight. Jesus loves you dearly and misses you awfully. And has sent messages and texts and letters and presents into your life and flowers and, and everything you you can imagine trying to draw you back home. But tonight, we celebrate the fact that he loved you enough to come for you. And he stands at the door, just as that husband did, and knocks. If you will open the door, he said, he will come in and you will not know about him. You will know him and he is the Christmas joy that doesn't have an expiration date. That's more joy than you'll ever need. Jesus has come the 999,999 of the million steps in between you and him. But the last step of opening the door is one that you and I have to take. Because relationships are like that. They have to be mutual. So, so will you take that final step? That's the question. You'll know that you're not disqualified. You'll know that, that, that you're, you've fallen and you can't get up. You can't fix you. You need a rescuer. And you know that he's come for you. One of my favorite songs by the Eagles put it this way you better let somebody love you before it's too late. If you've moved through these steps, will you make this your prayer? Jesus, I hear you knocking at the door of my heart. Tell him that. Tell him that. I believe you came all this way for me. I take the last step of faith to receive and welcome you and I am opening the door of my heart right now. Come in. Come in. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me and I will let you love me forever. And I will love you forever too. Please come in. That's, that's the third step. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the joy that transcends all circumstances. Lord, thank you for the joy that we search for in every relationship, in every experience, in every endeavor. And we're we're just in this cycle of of accumulation of experience and disappointment and, and, and being emptied again. And you came to give us your joy, Lord for those who feel disqualified, that you would say that is the qualification for, for joy, of knowing that you're disqualified. I include you. I invite you. Lord, for those of us who need to admit that we can't fix us, whether that's in a relationship or a struggle or an addiction, Lord, you came to rescue. You are the Savior and we throw our hearts and our lives and our concerns at your feet. And we receive you because we want to take that final step of welcoming you ourselves. So right now, for those who are on the fence, Lord, that they would open the door of their heart because you, an ultimate joy, an ultimate love, an ultimate forgiveness, past, present, future, forever, is on the other side. What would stop us? Lord, we just don't want to celebrate this in symbol. We want to celebrate this in substance, in a way that transforms all our tomorrow. Thank you for giving us a way. You are the way. Thank you for coming. In Jesus' name, amen.